0: Hello
1: basketball fans and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran Dave Decker. And a guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller.
0: Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckard. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening, slightly earlier than normal, but still kind of late in the evening. <laughs> so, how are you feeling, Dave? How are you?
1: Well, Blazers Edge no longer exists. We got a new commenting system and everybody left and we have zero <laughs> readers and
0: I, I had a moment of uh maybe panic. Um that I missed some big important piece of
1: news no, that dropped see, today. <laughs> yeah, no, a yeah, big important piece of news. The network announced an update to the commenting and, and we're all doomed. And see, we're recording this on Tuesday night, the night before the switch. But see, the podcast comes out on Thursday, which is the day after the switch. It's going to be like a, a wasteland, like Book of Eli or some zombie movie. They're, they're just going to be zombie commenters on Blazer's Edge walking around going, brains brains first round picks so yeah i mean it's been nice knowing you i think it's good to see non-zombie dia (laughs) for the last time
0: i don't like change dave i don't i don't like change but from what i read which is probably what everybody else read it's the article that's on our site about the comment system change is hard for everybody all the time this is not dramatic
1: change. Let's, I'm just assuming be, everybody who's acts. really angry about change is this, what, you never change your underwear? You never, I mean, are you all walking around with like, I you know, you. Okay, anyway, like change is necessary sometimes. And the, the, the story as I understand it is the, and I, I know firsthand that the commenting system is one of the oldest parts of the network that's still in existence. And I don't know if you're familiar with like computer stuff, but when you get code that's, 12 years old, and the rest of the system is newer, and then you can't do anything with it, you can't integrate it, you can't even update it. It's like you have to take it out and put in a whole new thing. So for putting in a whole new thing, they've actually kept it pretty much like the old thing. I mean, from what I've seen, looking at the demos and stuff, you can actually click a a couple buttons and it will functionally work almost exactly like the old one, except for your name is going to be at the top of the comment instead of a title bar. And I don't know, there are a couple other small changes, no signatures, sorry. But the really compelling argument for that was all the people who are reading using accessibility, you know, uh, who had to have you know audio access to site audio reading through all those signatures it would read the signature every time yeah so it's like boy okay i'll give up my signature for for them because that would be you you couldn't do it you'd right you'd drowned in in people's repetitive signatures so i mean i am i'm I'm good with it so hopefully we'll see if you're listening to this podcast yay you survived the great (laughs) Blazer's edge again i guess of september fifteenth, twenty 2021
0: Let's be honest, the, the the signatures confuse me and I don't need it to be read to me. I even just reading through it myself, I can see how a computer would be confused <laughs> because I'm reading it and I'm like, wait, oh, wait, that's not part of the comment. This is their signature. And it's just very confusing. So, I mean, anything that simplifies things, I'm a fan of. So. Well,
1: we had a lot of great comments in that thread, too, honestly. And that, that was really it took a minute. The initial wave of ah had to go by and then it was uh, it changed. Was good. Change, I know. but Change is hard. But look, I mean, people listen to Blazer's Edge. People at SB Nation listen to Blazer's Edge. We're one of the seminal sites that helped start this network. We're still among the best sites, you know? And uh, when we say something, people tend to perk up. That's why you saw network brass and whatever in that thread today and i'm happy that we were able to give them feedback on features that we like and things that are we think are indispensable and they'll listen and they'll update it i think it'll be fine personally i don't know but you should have been around when we changed to chorus when we changed to our you know those pretty pictures that you see on the site and you get choose and it looks all nice you know didn't used to yeah. have that. It was just a little thumbnail and like a vertical or horizontal bar with the title right. and the first like three sentences of the article showing, and it would be that all the way down, just nothing but like one inch vertical bars with article snippets, and it, like if we went back to that now, I'd die. It's like where's my <laughs> pictures? Where's my headline? Where's my, you know? Yeah. And it's like so. I think this is going to be one of those things where we just go, hey, eh, this is pretty good after you know a couple weeks.
0: Technology is is tough, especially for those of us like me who don't like change and aren't great with technology. Uh, anytime there's a, a big change with technology, I I have a moment of panic until I can figure it.
1: Out. Yeah, figure it out. Exactly. If it's great,
0: and if I can't figure it out, if I can't, did I cut out?
1: Yeah, I just fill in for you now. It's <laughs> I, we finish each other's sentences. I know where D is going. It's our forty fifth podcast. I can forty fourth. Forty fourth pod. I'm sorry, I'm aging us prematurely. I'm anticipating. <laughs> We've Um, we've podcasted 44 times together. I can tell like by a snippet of a syllable where you're going with that. I just fill in and then you come back.
0: Why am I even here? I ought to just give you a few words and send you on your way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because. Like Mad Libs. Yes, exactly. Mad Libs
0: style.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be great, actually. No, no, I can't do rainbows and unicorns. I mean, that's, like, foreign to me. I, I am, at best, a fake dia. I am artificially flavored, artificially sweetened dia, like when I have to finish your sentences for real, which I'm having to do right now because you cut out again. Your what's up face with your, is frozen. What's up with your internet? Oh well, shoot. Dang. I just said...
0: I just said, I think I cut out again because your face is frozen. I don't know what's going on. I guess I need to look into this before our next podcast because this is, I don't know if this is just, I don't know if where my computer is. is just a dead spot. I don't know. I mean, I could pick up the computer and carry it around the house, but it's not a desk. Uh, it's not a laptop. So I don't know how well that'll go.
1: Oh, wow. That um, would be, that's a good mental picture. with deal with a big old computer and monitor, <laughs> like holding up the monitor with one hand, like a big chalice with her hand underneath it. And then the other—the oh. desktop is under the arm. Well, it's, you
0: know. a, it's a Mac. So the desktop is in the, the, the screen oh
1: it's a mac but, now there's so your issue feels,
0: right there it feels portable but it's not it's not portable let's not mess around with it's that a, it's a
1: big mac it's a <laughs> oh that was such a dad joke dave <laughs> well i mean i am one this is one of the roles that i fulfill best so hey, dad, dads and dad jokes have come into vogue i mean i'm not coming into vogue it's unfortunately true. But, it's but, true. I mean, it's dad jokes thing. are a thing now i mean i was doing da- okay look i was 15 20 years before my time. I was playing d and I was doing dad jokes, I board games, all the stuff. I was doing it before I got I was drinking iced coffee, all that stuff. Oh well.
0: Wow. Enough Just about a, me. You're you've always been a trailblazer.
1: Yes, Ah, but I'm fun. Yes.
0: I got them too. I got jokes too. <laughs> <laughs> you got mom jokes. <laughs> That's not why isn't that a thing? I'm hilarious. I'm way funnier than dads that I know. No offense to the oh, one sitting oh, in front of me.
1: Snap. <laughs> Okay. Last week I was old. Now I'm almost, but not quite as funny as you. This is the whole thing. This is the reverse. You know, 15 years ago, it's like everybody wanted a girl who was almost, but not quite as smart as them. That was the joke. Now it's like revenge. I'm, I'm way funnier. I'm than you. smart
0: too. It's a dangerous I combination. I know. I know.
1: It's it's bad. I don't try to compete with you in anything.
0: this is not a competition at all except when it comes to humor so on that note actually it's not on that note at all it's literally how are you did you tell me how you are did we get through i don't know because we you you, know technically
1: we have an outline to start this podcast you know we don't we We don't talk about anything but we like here are the five topics we're going to cover right and somehow we never get to the last topic because this because like the outline goes to hell in the first 30 seconds
0: (laughs) that's only been the last few weeks since it's been september and it's september right yeah since it's been september and you know it feels casual casual september
1: well you know training camp starts in like three weeks and the season starts in five so i mean so we got
0: three weeks we got three weeks of this madness
1: in yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so how are you dave
1: (laughs) you're really gonna okay you really okay all right dia i'm divorced Struggling through summer, trying to adjust to a new school schedule for my kids, which I don't agree on with my ex. I'm trying online dating for the first time, and that's a miserable cesspool of awfulness. Oh. Uh, I don't think you want to ask me how I am right now. Also, the Blazers couldn't make any acquisitions this summer because, you know, no draft picks, no whatever. And, you know, I'm I'm holding on to Larry Nance Jr. as my... He's, he's basically the rubber ducky that i'm floating on in an ocean of turmoil so you know let's just keep pumping larry nance jr as the the greatest ever uh and i'll be okay how are
0: you wow well i don't know how to follow that better than me i'm not
1: she's doing great folks she's Um, freezing
0: i'm i like rubber duckies Mm -hmm. (laughs) i said I, i said i don't know i don't know how to follow that i i i'm not online dating I like rubber duckies. Have you ever tried uh, online dating? And I also kind of like... No.
1: She's saying what no. Saying? What's that? No,
0: No, okay. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Uh, I have not. It's it's one of those things. So when I was in college, this is kind of a funny story. Um, this is going to date me a little bit. But when I was in college... At least something uh, will
1: have, date like, you, Dia.
0: <laughs> when I was in college, they, uh, they didn't have like dating app, but they had like dating websites. So like match.com. I was dating a guy very casually from my college. He happened to be a, a wrestling coach of the local high school wrestling team. I went to one of his matches, meets, matches. I don't know what it's called. Clearly we didn't make it very far. And I watched it, whatever. We get done with it and we go out to get lunch and he's like, hey, so are you like on a dating site? And I was like, no, why? And he was like, well, what am I, one of the guys from my, team, like recognized you from match.com and pulled up your profile and like you had a profile there. I was like, what? I've never done this before. I get back to my dorm and I'm relaying this story to my friends who didn't know that I was dating anybody. And they all just start cracking up. I had been through a rough breakup and my friends decided it would be a good idea to put me on match.com and not tell me. And that is my only online dating story. And it's not, it's, it, it was, I was not happy with them. <laughs> I was not happy with them.
1: That may be worse than mine. I mean, so, yeah, like, online dating, is. it's a lot like the Blazers, actually. Like, if there was any hope, it went away years ago. There's, like, people, I mean, posting. Okay. First of all, there's, like, the people with the pictures where it says they're 37 and they're obviously 82. Or... If you're if you're like 37, that's a rough 37. I don't know what's happened to you, but there's too much trauma there uh, or there's the okay, I only show myself from the eyebrows up. There's that.
0: The eyebrows? Yeah, like, like their you know, the, like
1: yeah, exactly. Basically, oh. here's a one corner of one eye. I'm going to hide myself in um in a group shot and hope you think I'm the cute one. Or there's also here's the picture of me with my slightly uglier friend so you'll think I'm the cute one. I mean, the strategies are appear endless. It's like I don't I I don't understand this i mean like i thought it would be pretty straightforward here's you here's me maybe if we like each other we'll talk but i mean i i i am lost in lost 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 oh there's the i only have pictures with like lots of big coats on and in idaho okay here check this out idaho you know how guys like have pictures of like them with fish. You've heard this, yeah. like you know, okay,
0: yeah, like the fishing trophy, like okay. not the trophy, but the right. fish as a trophy in Idaho.
1: Yeah. It's literally all the women, and then <laughs> inevitably, there's a picture of something they shot, like they're oh. they're holding a carcass, an and I'm, animal. I'm yes. hoping you are. Well, about- I don't know if that's a metaphor or not. I don't know if this is foreshadowing. <laughs> I'm not clicking on that. <laughs> like, okay, like I don't, I don't. I understand, and then of course, and the last one I suppose we'll get off this, I guess. But the impossibly pretty, but I only have one picture, right? And you so can I see might it.
0: Might be a catfish.
1: Yeah, you know, there's like, and I somehow those. It. Go ahead.
0: How does that end, though? Like, isn't the point of that to meet up with people? So, like, if you, if, if, if the whole point of the app,
1: the app is, is to meet you're people. You're hmm Well, yeah. So,
0: so. How's that going to end if you're catfishing?
1: Okay, Here's, here's what I do know. There will be someone in like Schenectady, New York with that kind of profile. I mean, like goddess. And like, hey, what's up? And I'm going, wait a minute. Okay, first of all, you are impossibly beautiful. Second of all, your picture looks really, really super professionally taken. Third of all, you're in New York, and you found my proof derpy me in Boise, Idaho, and you're saying, hey, what's up? Now, look, the Blazers got the first overall pick in 2007. I mean, miracles can happen. But that ended up being Greg Oden. And I'm thinking this is going to be a Greg Oden experience. I am thinking no. that this will be like, okay, yes, let's develop a relationship. Oh, I want to come and see you, Dave. Can you send me $500 for a plane I a plane ticket? Or, I, I suspect this is where this is ending up. So I'm just oh. like, so yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I, this I, is, this just, is
0: the internet is a scary place. Like this is why I stay far away from it because you just never know what you're getting. Like I just, it is not worth it it is um, nope
1: yeah and i'm having this kind of experience and i'm a guy i can't even imagine what it's like to be not guy i mean
0: i i I, my my social media dms are bad enough (laughs) that's and that's not uh that's not me putting myself out there. So I, I can't imagine either. I wouldn't want to do it.
1: Right, yeah. So I'm, I am i don't know. I think I may give up on that and become a monk. I mean, it's just you know, it's like a blazers, blazers slash vow of silence. I, I'm silent except when I type online, just letting out well, that's, my id through blogging.
0: That's going to make our podcast real interesting if you are a take a vow of silence. Oh, because I, can,
1: I can do interpretive dance and you can interpret.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> We should try that sometime. Just do a test run, see how it
1: goes. (laughs) Dave, what do you think about the chances of Damian Lillard staying? (laughs) Oh no, he collapsed and he's convulsing (laughs) on the floor. So, by the way, uh, Rick Allen is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Blazers <laughs> Topics. Hey.
0: Oh, man. I did I did actually want to say one thing, uh, and we talked about this before we started the podcast, but I'm super excited about it, so I'm going to slip this in here. I shot a WNBA ga- game the other night. I'm a photographer. For those of you who don't know, I, I shoot basketball, amongst other things. But I shot a WNBA game the other night. It was the crossover heard around the world where uh, Erica Wheeler crossed over Sue Bird and and she went to the ground. I happened to get a killer shot of it. I've seen a lot of videos. I haven't seen photos other than mine circulating. So my photo has circulated the internet. And then Erica Wheeler actually contacted me and asked if she could put it on a shirt. So my photo is now on a shirt. And this is like a peak point in my career. And that is all. I just Which to proves my point.
1: Proud moment. Every woman I see online shoots things
0: fair fair <laughs> that's fair mine don't die in the process no yes. well at least
1: there's that um, not posing with their yeah. antlers
0: no 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 Idaho. That, idaho. Oh, that's a,
1: i can't I why can't, idaho i don't want you know
0: i'm not a hunter i can't do it i, I, I like to meat. i'm like this is like a, i like me i can't kill things i just i can't do my it. reaction to this um, is like
1: a coach looking at russell westbrook shooting Like, it's like, or with the ball, you know, it's like, okay, 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 so I'm scrolling down the page. Okay, okay, no, oh, when you get to the deer picture, it's, yeah, it's bad. Like, do not pull up for three, do not shoot that deer. Anyway, I'd rather, I'd rather date the deer. I would like the deer back alive and I will go out with it.
0: Twenty minutes in, and we have gone off the rails. We never got Um, on the rails. So to bring it back in, this is the point in the in the podcast where Josh puts that little transition sound, like whatever that noise is, that signifies that we're switching topics. And now we're going to Rick Adelman in the Hall of Fame. Rick Adelman (laughs) is in the Hall of Fame. And that is a heck of a way to start out our Blazers talk tonight. Um, Exactly. You know, the Hall of Fame is such a cool thing. And it's obviously a huge honor to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Rick Adelman is a coach that I remember from being a child. That was the coach that I kind of associated with the Blazers. You know, that was my childhood. That's what I think of when I think of the coach of the Blazers. So that was pretty cool to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him.
1: Yeah, I think for most of us nowadays, Rick Adelman is the people who remember Jack Ramsey, of course. Dr. Jack, I mean, that's distant memories now. For most of us, I think Rick Adelman is is the guy that we associate with classic Blazers. And he was a brilliant offensive mind, just really changed the game in a couple of ways. First of all, spread the floor more than most. Second of all, I mean, and you remember, you know, because people were uh, columnists, I remember reading this. Why is Kevin Duckworth not down in the lane? Why is Kevin Duckworth along the baseline shooting jumpers? That's stupid. And the reason that happened is because Rick Adelman facilitated not just Duckworth's individual skill, but when you have Duckworth out at 15 feet along the baseline, and the opposing center has to go out and guard him because he will hit that shot if open, now all of a sudden, Clyde Drexler and Jerome Kersey have open driving lanes. And that's either a dunk or a foul. You also have a lot of control in the players' hands. It's not like he didn't call plays, but he let Clyde and Terry determine a lot of that offense. And then when you added a brain like Buck Williams, who was a veteran in there, you absolutely had an unstoppable combination of players who knew what they were doing and coach who would let them do it. And he became, I think, he was always, always a technician, But he became much more of a motivator and a reassurer. You know, he was, a lot of coaches spend all their time trying to get the plates to spin on their little, you know, act on that little pole. And then when they start spinning, they just keep on touching them, right? Rick knew when it was time, like that plate's got enough momentum. I'm just going to hold the stick and let it go and start another plate. And that was his genius. And I I think it fit absolutely well. I think it set the pattern for the NBA. He was players era before, that would really happened all in all he's quietly one of the i don't want to say founders but he's one of at least the cornerstones or foundation stones of the nba that we see today
0: yeah i mean he's and i think for a lot of fans now you know i think i think you are always really good at explaining the technical reasons that people stick out. For me, it has nothing to do with any of that. It just has to do with that's who I was familiar with as a kid. And I think there's a lot of people of my age, you know, obviously who have grown up as Blazers fans and that's, that's the association there. You know, that's who we watched coach him coach the team as kids. And so it's just a cool thing. Anytime anyone that you, are familiar with or that has a background with the franchise that you root for is inducted in the hall of fame it's a cool moment you know that's a that's a huge huge privilege and and something that's really a neat thing so
1: and you know um, why rick Adelman is in the hall of fame folks on bumble and hinge because somebody gave him a chance just saying
0: Dave, our, our, we're going to have to open up our comment section and use that for you.
1: <laughs> oh, God, no. That's an ethics violation. Too much power. You can't have the bully pulpit and then be advertising like that on, well, on site would yeah. oh, To me, that would be like, it's not as bad as doing it in church, but it would be... Okay. Yeah. That's well, if
0: you me. want to date Dave, you can send me a DM and I'll, no.
1: oh, God. Uh, I'll, no, don't. I'll set it up. No, don't. Do that. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. That's Kay. all I need so is Dia to be my matchmaker. Oh, God. I mean, first of all, that also is icky, but <laughs> but no, this, that's also just ludicrous. I, oh, I'm so scared to see who you would set me up with. Okay. Look, rainbows and unicorns. Look, this is um dia she's 85 but she's really nice
0: <laughs> i i i mean I I, not, not, no offense 85 year
1: olds at some point that might be a little above my age range but not for long
0: i uh i i mean i think i'd be better at this than than the internet but whatever <laughs> um so <laughs> okay we're i promise fired. not to mention we, this for the fired. rest of the but, show you know, it's, it's fine five, you got 40, me that's I'm 44 episodes we had a good run. It's it's been fun. Okay, so Nurk, let's talk about Nurk. This is Josh is going to have to use a whole lot of those little swishy noises cuz our transitions today are um
1: They're going back and <laughs> forth, yeah.
0: Um yeah. So, what to do with Nurk? This was your topic, so I'm going to let you lead where you want to go with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just a mailbag question. We have a, actually a few of those in this podcast, but the one, one that we wrote about was how pivotal is Nurk this year. And you and I talked at the beginning of last season, as we mentioned, multiple times yep. that he was the key. His injuries were devastating. He is no longer the key. I hate to tell you. I don't think he's going to play that pivotal of a role. He's on a one-year contract. I think the drive is not going to happen where he takes them to contention. That said, he is just crazy unpredictable at this point what will he do in the new coaching system? Will he really become more of a hub? If he becomes more of a hub, will he be able to score inside without either slowing down the game or missing a lot of shots or committing turnovers, which all of which have been issues for him? But one of his great roles as a passer. And he's actually a really quick passer. As long as he doesn't put the ball on the floor, think about scoring. He's great that way. But who's going to receive those passes, especially if he's in the middle? I mean, he has to shoot or he has to pass to a catch and shoot player. And the Blazers ain't got those except for Robert Covington and maybe kind of Larry Nance Jr., but not really. I mean, if you think of Norman Powell, his strength is ball handling, especially on the drive. CJ McCollum obviously wants to take dribbles to get into his shot. Uh, Damian Lillard can catch and shoot, but that's taking the ball out of Dame's hands to put it in Nurkic's hands just seems like insanity. And also, Dame, really, if you made him mostly catch and shoot, that's not going to fly, obviously. So, look, you've got a lot of confusion there. The thing that you're not confused about is you need the guy to defend and rebound, but that's exactly what he complained about last year. So that's an uneasy fit. And then you've got his contract status. Did the Blazers dare re-sign him at, you know... 16 18 20 million dollars a year and luxury tax themselves for this lineup into oblivion and if not do they trade him mid-season and he's literally he could be anywhere from a key cog in the offense to not much he could be anywhere from the team's almost best defender or most central defender to disgruntled and not defending at all and maybe not playing much or as much he could be anywhere from re-signed for 20 million dollars a year to traded I mean who knows this is literally the mystery package and then his health too he could be anywhere from completely healthy effective and you know in shape to slightly out of shape to injured we've seen all of the above if you can predict what Nurk's going to do, you're better than I am, which means that he is maybe the most interesting story coming into the year other than will Dame stay?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially because we have answers to that now. Dame's here for now, at least. And well, I so- mean,
1: yes, but I'm talking about through next year. I mean, has Dame right. become a trade deadline move? I
0: don't it? want to think about that. Sure. So on to Nurk. They yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, we we talked a lot about how crucial he was for this team last season. I still think he as it sits right now is obviously very important. He's our only height, really. Uh, in our starting lineup, unless you—I mean, we've got you know we we got Cody Zeller and you know Robert Covington. I think is what like six eight six nine. He's not super tall. Who am I missing? Larry Nance
1: Junior is not that tall either. He's an undersized center, about right for a power forward.
0: Yeah. So so we don't really have size, and and that's I mean if we get rid of Nurk and we go down to you know then Cody Zeller is our biggest player. It's not the best. So in that sense, he's going to be crucial. Uh, there's been so much talk about trading CJ and not so much talk about trading Nurk. but I really wonder if, because we've talked about this before, something's going to have to happen before the deadline. So uh, the mid season because of the, because of the repeaters tax. Right. So it seems like Nurk should be, because we know Dame isn't going anywhere at this point. Probably CJ's not going anywhere at this point. So what are our other big con that we just re-signed Norm? He's probably not going anywhere. So that kind of leaves Nurk as the piece that gets moved. And they're going to have to find someone that isn't as big of a name, that comes with a smaller contract that still has the height, I guess, because what else are you going to do?
1: And they can't just trade Nurk in that deal because it doesn't get him far enough under. They have to move like maybe Covington as well. Which, which puts the bar pretty high on who comes back, unless you figure the Blazers aren't going to resign either at the end of the season because they're both on expiring contracts right now, in which case you just figure, well, I mean, you're not going to use them anyway. My son will not keep them for the tax purposes. Unless, of course, the Blazers do stellar g- coming out of the gate. But again, that's hard. So, yeah, you might see major front court changes. But look, I don't think Nurk is the story like he was last year. I think actually it's Powell. How is Norman Powell going to fit here? And if he can score big, defend a little bit, and punch up Portland's driving attack in the half court, I think he'll do fine. But if he's scoring 14 points a game, not getting enough shots, his defense isn't quite good enough, I don't know why you wouldn't be better with a 12-point a game scoring on a small forward who could play way better defense and add more size. So I don't think Norman Powell can be mediocre and have this work if they keep all three guards they've got to find a way to get all three of them churning at a high level if they really want to succeed and we already know Damon and CJ can do it so that leaves Powell both individually and in the system having to perform
0: yeah There's still a lot of talent here. Uh, This kind of leads me into something else that we were going to talk about. And I think it kind of all works together. So I'm just going to kind of jump to that for a second. But there was an article that came out on CBS Sports talking about how all the talk about Dame kind of put a damper on the team where like all this talk at the beginning of the off season about is Dame going to force a trade, blah, 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 had everybody kind of underestimating the team and forgetting that this is still a, a good team that in, and the author of this article specifically said, Um, He thinks that they have a chance to be in the top four of the Western Conference, which makes them a great team. Um, The Western Conference, again, is is solid this this year. And um, so to be in that spot, that 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 would be an accomplishment. And he went on to talk about different things that can happen here. One of the specifics he listed was putting Norm on the bench, bringing him off the bench, starting Larry Nance Jr. instead, which would essentially create more defense And also would put us in a situation where we basically always had two of CJ Dame and Norm on the court at once, which is going to bring a lot more depth to our bench. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know what's written into contracts. I don't know what's been discussed as far as Norm coming off the bench. I'm not sure if that's even an option, but it does. I liked that idea. Of, of bringing him off the bench and starting Larry Nance Jr. and giving us that flexibility with those guards, giving us a little more depth, getting a, giving us a little more defense in the starting lineup. That could be interesting.
1: So Covington is a non-scorer, but was a good shooter. And he was a good shooter precisely because the floor was spread. And the floor was spread because he was surrounded by scorers and you know people who can hit from the outside. So first question is, Covington going to be as good of an offensive threat if you put him next to Nance. Because if he isn't, then the offense, there's a lot more burden. But that might also be the situation in which Nurkic gets to shine more. So fair enough. Nance is really not a scorer or a shooter at this point. He has not been able to spread his offensive wings totally. You would hope that he develops a rhythm there. But one of them is going to be guarded by a quicker small forward. They will also have to guard quicker small forwards. Keep in mind that there are more teams than just the Blazers who are going small in their, in their small three positions. So that puts an awful lot of burden on whichever one of those forwards gets to play at the three to expend energy and to guard someone who's probably more, uh, probably a legit offensive threat and certainly quicker than they. It's not the worst plan in the universe, but I don't think it's an automatic. And I, I think that either Covington or Nance is going to be, frankly, out of position at small forward. And I think that'll be, take some getting used to. That said, Powell is out of position at small forward, too. So if they had the right matchup, I think they should test it. You know, yeah. If they had a team with a, with a three that's not a huge offensive threat and also not small and quick, I would say try that. I don't see it happening on a steady basis, and I see Portland's offense coming into question there, although their defense might, underline, might be better. It could also be a recipe, though, for a lot of fouls. That would be the hitch in the giddy-up, but I'm willing to try it. I just don't think it'll work 82 games.
0: Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings us to to the, the mailbag question you had about CJ. Do you want to share that? Yeah, that I believe kind of that was Ken.
1: I'm sorry if and we have two mailbag questions and I realized I didn't write down either person. So uh, I just remember the question. So if this is your question, credit to you, we'll try to credit it in the post too. But here's the question. Long story short, what about bringing CJ off the bench? And that will add much more depth to the bench and he have a ton of scoring opportunities and it would bring scoring power to the second unit. And then the the suggestion was similar, swing one of those power forwards over to the small forward spot in his place.
0: It's an interesting concept, but I think it goes back to, again, Is CJ going to come off the bench? Probably not. I don't know that that's a realistic thing that's going to happen. I feel like this is something that has kind of been talked about and flirted with for a while. I know people were talking about it a little bit last season, at least. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's it's an interesting thought, but I don't know if it's realistic.
1: Yeah, no, it's a hard no. And the reason it's a hard no is because when you have a star player that is obviously a starter and you bench them, there's no way around the implication that they're not in the starting lineup, but Damian Lillard still is. So you don't think I'm as good as Dame? They're not in the starting lineup, but Norman Powell's still in the starting lineup. So I'm not as good as Norm. And you right. can explain that any way you want, but you still ended up with you were the one that we thought we could move without losing that much. Okay. And actually, there are players who will understand and go along with that, and it works until you lose. And when you start losing, then the most obvious thing that seems wrong is going to receive all the attention. It will Mm -hmm. receive all the attention in the media. It will also receive, I'm sure, a lot of attention in the locker room. We've lost three of four. Is does CJ really belong on the bench? Now doesn't mean you wouldn't have lost three. You probably would have lost three or four anyway, but that's the point. It's inevitably going to happen. At some point, you're going to lose, and as soon as you do lose, that chemistry issue and that whatever coaching decision will be called into question. Here's the other thing. Chauncey Billups ain't got the chips to do that. And I mean literally chips. Like That's not a euphemism for something else. It's literally, he hasn't built up the chip stack as a coach in Portland or anywhere. So do you want... Coaching decision number one that you make in your career is to look at your second best player who scores 22 points a game and says, I'm going to take you out of your natural position and I'm going to put you uh, with the reserves, which is a move that no other coach in the league probably would make. Uh, I don't see that happening. So I think it's probably it's a non-starter It would be more likely, if anything, that Norman Powell would go to the bench.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, that alone, that dynamic alone, having a coach that really doesn't have that has no head coaching experience and only one year of assistant coaching experience is going to be an interesting dynamic. I think if it'll work anywhere, it's probably Portland, because I think that these are guys who will give him respect. They're not probably going to give him a lot of problems because that's the kind of team that this is. I don't think you could do that just anywhere. Um, I think there are teams where he would go in and get eaten alive. um, And I don't think that that's necessarily Portland. So I think if...
1: Yeah, I I agree with you.
0: A place where he can do...
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. But that's going to hold true until they lose. That's going to hold... I don't mean lose a game. But if they underperform in any way... See, the reason... And they would do this every year in some way or another, with Terry Stotts. Usually it was at the beginning of the year. Disappointing start, strong finish. But Stotts had seven, eight, nine years of history with them. Right. And so they would write it out. He, you know, They would know it wasn't him. Or if it was him, it was just kind of like the wallpaper. It was there all the time. It was right. might not be your favorite wallpaper, but you're not going to rip down the whole wall to replace it at this point. That's not true right. w- with Billups. Coach Billups has not been here and Coach Billups is going to be the most obvious thing in the room if things don't go right and they don't have that experience. Also, that ATM is empty keep going to withdrawal, maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe an offseason move. There's no more cash left in the thing. No It doesn't matter what pin you put in. It's not paying out anymore after nine years of Lillard being here and it not happening. So they have no safety net. They can't go and, and, and make that withdrawal for another year and say, we'll just spend it next year. Won't happen. So there's so many things that are on edge here that it's not everything has to go right. And circling back around... Even if it's Norman Powell and you make a risky move and it doesn't go right, I think that's going to be it. It's going to, it's going to, the Jenga's tower is going to collapse. And if it's CJ, you don't even have to go have things go that wrong. It's going to collapse with any breath of air that, that falls on it.
0: Yeah. It's, that's the thing about this is, is there's always, anytime something goes wrong and, and by something goes wrong, I mean, we don't win a championship, there's going to be lots of somebody's criticizing someone. That's how it works. You know, the, something doesn't go the way we want it to. We don't win the whole dang thing, and people are up in arms and they need someone to blame. And so you're right. The people that that's going to fall on most likely are going to be CJ because that was the the one that people were yelling to trade, or it's going to be the the new coaching staff primarily Billups because you know, of his lack of experience and, and being the the new. So, and, and you hate to see that because the, the, at the, at the end of the day, there's a lot more to this than one player or than a coach. There's a lot that's going on or lack of going on within the front office. You know, you can't, you can only do so much with what you have. It's so hard to even break down at this point because there's so many different things that are going on here. And, I want to be hopeful and I want to be positive and I want to think that like, hey, we've got some good stuff going here. And I think we do. But I also think there are issues and and there are things that are just trouble.
1: Well, here's the key difference this year, though, is that it's going to come from inside the locker room as well, likely. When there's doubt, there's going to be more doubt inside the locker room than there has been for years and years. And part of that, again, is the new coach. That's natural. But it's also coming from your leadership because this is a different season. It's a different message, no matter how you slice it. In 2015, even though the Blazers only won 40 X games, the story was we won. We did win. We beat expectations. It was us against the world and we succeeded. Got to the second round even, you know, against the Clippers. And that was the message coming from your team leader, right? So we did win. We literally did it. Now, as Lillard matured into 2018, 2019, that kind of thing, it was like, well, we didn't quite do it, but we're going to do it, right? We understand the difference now between kind of just beating expectations and really winning, and we're making progress forward, and we're going to do it. It's become evident, or became evident in 2021, that they haven't done it. And now, the thing is, okay, prove it to me. We need to prove that we can do it. Otherwise, this story is different. And that's what we're hearing. Well, that's a completely different, I mean, again, I hate to compare this to like relationships or whatever, but we often do. If you're with your spouse and they're like, we did it, or we're doing it, or even we're going to do it, those all fly. And that's a certain tenor to the relationship. You're good with that. Prove it to me that we can do this. That's a very different statement when said seriously, right? And you, we all know that feeling. And that's exactly how it's changed here. And all of a sudden, everything that you do is under a microscope and you start to worry and you start to look at each other and all that stuff. I pray that things go really, really, really well for the Blazers at the opening of the season so they can build that confidence right away. And a lot of this will ease for the time being. But again, if they don't, that different atmosphere is, I think, absolutely going to rear its head. And it, you know, there's a potential for things to not be very good there.
0: Yeah. And you just hate to see that, especially with this team where that has not been a thing. Um, you right. just really hate to see that. Well, and so. that's what,
1: that's what, okay. We talk about health in an article I did. Um, we've talked about draft picks. We've talked about uh, cap space. This is the whole thing. And what you just said there too, is that, is that a cigar?
0: No, it's a hair clip. Okay, (laughs) so Dia just
1: pulled out like a hair clip and just stuck it in her mouth so she could do up her hair, right? Sorry, I'll get back to this Stop, folks. But it's like brown and long, and it's like, are you lighting up a victory cigar before the podcast is done? Okay, it's rose gold, but it looks, okay. Oh, she's making an alligator thing with it. Cute. Cute. Anyway, sorry. I was like, Dia Miller smoking a cigar? First of all, that's weird. But second, you can't light up until the podcast is done. Anyway. Nope. Okay. She doesn't even drink, and she's like got a stogie here. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, yeah. She's like an 80 year old coach. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, kid. Explain it to me. Anyway, um, what the heck were we saying? I hope they do well. Oh, it's a different year. We're all in the mindset. I swear to you, Blazer Nation is in the mindset of it's 2016. Lillard's on the upswing. He and McCollum still have potential. Terry Stotts is still the coach. A couple of incremental moves will do this. We're still in 2016 itself. And where's the cap space? What, can, what free agents can we sign? We're in 2017 simultaneously. Who are we going to draft? Uh, we're in 2018. How can you use the MLE to make this team better? Right. And then, as I talked about in this other post, we're in all those years in terms of, well, you know, if they're just healthy, well, you know what? They're 30, they're 31, and they've played high mileage. And those who aren't, like Yusuf Nurkic is still young, but he's been injured all the heck. Yeah. Like, perfect health is no longer an expectation for this team the way it was in 2014 and 2015. So that's, that's part and parcel of it. I swear to you, all our expectations are in a time warp that the team is long past, So it's weird that there's gonna be this reckoning and it feels like it's all coming down right now. And it makes for a very interesting season, but one that makes you go, wow, this is is gonna be a story no matter how it plays out.
0: It's not a shortened season like it was last year. So I'm hoping that we'll see it go back to at least being somewhat normal as far as health. But I also think that you know, COVID is still a thing we may or may not see that happening because these guys are not quarantined anymore. They can be out in the world and, and, it, you know, people can get COVID. There are lasting impacts from COVID that are, that are still, you know, the guys who have had it. Sometimes there's a, a lasting impact from that. And I think too, you know, just it's been a weird year and a half. And so trying then to adjust back to a regular season I don't know. It just I'm always afraid of injury, but it just seems like things just aren't quite back to normal yet. And so I'm kind of holding my breath and hoping that we can stay healthy. But yeah, you're right. I mean, at at the end of the day, just staying healthy is not going to be enough.
1: Yeah, it probably won't happen though. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Those guards are really high mileage. It's not surprising that things are going to start breaking down a little bit or they're going to have to start taking it a little bit easier so too i mean perhaps yusuf nurkic i mean not minute restrictions but how long can you depend on him and not that he's going to have a catastrophic injury again but you know what when you're coming back from all those and you haven't played regularly in quite a long time and then you go back and try to play again really heavy minutes things happen so hey There's nothing assured about this year. Now, some will say that's also a ray of hope, Dave, that, uh, you know, if it's random, then random can also turn out good. Fair enough. But gosh, I mean, you'd rather be at the apex of your arc. You'd sure rather be Milwaukee or even the Clippers or certainly the Lakers or someone like that who depending on or facing quite so much randomness. Although Anthony Davis, obviously, that's a big random question for LA. And if he's not right, they won't be right either. Well, so, and
0: LA, LA is older than Portland.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, nope, absolutely. So, I mean, that's not the best example. But there, there are a lot of people that you would rather be still. And the Blazers need to go out and prove right away, no, no, we're the team you want to be. And if they can't do that, it's hard to imagine this season turning out so randomly i mean you got to roll a couple 20s in a row in D D terms at least to have this work out well so let's hope let's hope that the randomness turns out good or let's hope that something happens in the scheme or the talent or whatever or a trade that limits the amount of randomness that's in play
0: yeah it's going to be an interesting season there's there's no way around that it's going to be interesting no matter what <music> The last thing, really, that I, that I have to talk about today uh, is Mello, who we know has now gone to the Lakers, but a podcast episode came out. Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes has a podcast, and he posted – I think this was just today that this came out – an interview with Mello. It's a quick listen. It's only about – it's less than 20 minutes. I'd encourage you guys to go listen to it because it, it it's worth a listen. But Mello sat down with Chris, and they talked a little bit about – just his book that came out today, which is an exciting thing. I know I'm ordering it. But they also talked a little bit about some interesting things. They talked about – he one of the things that I thought was really interesting that Chris asked Mello was if it was hard to go playing for so long in New York. And I'm thinking in my head, is it hard to go to L.A. after playing so long in Portland? Or not so long, but after playing in Portland. But So they talked about that a little. They talked about the other teams that wanted to – that like had interest in him and and his other options. And Chris asked him um, about Portland. And he said that he initially had kind of waited around to hear what Portland was going to do. And they never got back to him. And so that was kind of interesting. The other thing he said is that, you know. Okay, hold hold on a
1: second, dear. So it's almost like Mello had an awesome profile track record. Didn't look too bad, right? And he put himself out there and waited for people to respond, as if he was on Match.com, and then got like <laughs> no responses, like he's he's waiting for someone to, to you know like him. That was I,
0: I, uh, I understand. I mean, yeah, do okay. you feel better knowing that even Mello struggles with this, Dave? <laughs>
1: Actually, I have got some responses. They just haven't been the right ones, but
0: <laughs> well,
1: clearly, uh, mellows
0: because he ended up in LA. The Minnesota
1: Timberwolves have been <laughs> have been calling. Have anyway. have
0: expressed interest. <laughs> <They've> expressed interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so he talked about that. He talked about um, you know the close relationship that he has developed with Dame and with CJ. He also talked about the fact that Dame doesn't like it it was an I'm gonna I should have written this down it's it'll be on Blazer's Edge um you can go read about it and again I go read the the, or go listen to the podcast but he talked I'm gonna try not to butcher this because I don't have it in front of me but he talked about how uh you know the whole trade thing with Dame and that this wasn't so much Dame wanting to get out that Dame really wants to be in Portland and really wants to win with Portland and so that was an interesting Piece, you know, to hear from somebody who's on the inside and who's having those discussions with Damon and, and talking through it with him, I, it was kind of refreshing to hear. And I think just, you know, I'm happy for Melo. I'm happy that he gets to go play with his buddy LeBron in L.A., but I I will be sad to not see him with with Dame and CJ and, and the team. Yeah,
1: anymore. but Melo aside, let's let's parse out that Dame wants to win in Portland. That wasn't that's not an issue. We know that. Dame would prefer to win in Portland.
0: Right. But I, I think just the whole thing of Mello basically saying, look, like this got... Like this isn't where he's, he's not trying to get out of Portland because I think this whole narrative has shifted and I don't think that's even necessarily on Dame. I think that has to do with media. I think it has to do with fans and all the back and forth. It's shifted from what has originally been said to Dame wants to win a championship in Portland and wants the people around him to do it. It's shifted from that to Dame's going to force his way out. He wants a trade. He wants out of Portland. Those are two different statements.
1: Well, No, but they're both true. Um, and the only thing uh-huh. necessary for them to be true is...
0: I don't know if they are, well, Dave. I don't know.
1: Okay. D- 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 Dame wants to win a championship in Portland. Okay. Right. We, yes. Ideally, we know that. Um, and he's absolutely speaking the truth. That presumes it's possible. As soon as it's not possible, also you have, well, Dame has not made a final decision, which is also true, and the line does connect to, well... Thame needs to leave Portland at some point because he wants to win a championship. He would rather win a championship in Portland but that does not preclude him requesting a trade as soon as he ascertains that Portland is not likely to do it. And the real problem is Portland is not likely to do it. And I think that's dawning on everybody right now. So I hear what you're saying, but I think what Mello said there. Is absolutely we already knew that, and we already assumed that it being true, it doesn't invalidate the other part of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think that Dame is demanding that we win a championship immediately. I think if they do well this year, even if they don't win a championship, I could see him still staying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we want to speculate on all that again. But go listen to it. It's worth a listen. We'll we'll all we'll be putting it up on on Blazers Edge. Some of the. The transcript of it, some of the quotes of it, but it was, it was just a very interesting listen. And I think Mello you just want the guy to win, regardless of how you felt about him as a player on the Blazers or elsewhere. He's just one of those people you want to see win. And I think that um, this, this little interview with, with Chris Haynes is just another
1: piece of evidence for that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. Words yeah. are hard sometimes.
1: That's okay. I can finish your sentences even when you don't. Finish,
0: right. That's right. But... I didn't even cut out there and you had to finish my sentence. That's okay. We'll You're just okay. pretend yeah, that no, my this internet is, went
1: out. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is like a wrestling phenomenon, you know, good guys and bad guys in wrestling. And they're guys that people hate, right? Just hate them. But when they hit a certain age and have a certain experience or go away and come back or whatever, there's no way to keep them bad because everybody cheers them. Uh, out of respect for how bad they used to be and how good at being bad they were. Carmelo Anthony is like the Ric Flair of the NBA now. I mean, you may still hate him. You may still hate how he was. You may not really respect his game or whatever he did. But at this point, you're going like, you know what? All right. You know, clap. Well done. Good comeback. Good, good career. I hope you do succeed because, you know, you gave us a lot of good years of not liking you. And Respect. That And he's obviously one of the better players of his generation. He is not out of place entirely in the discussions of Dwayne Wade, you know, Chris Bosh, obviously, Carmelo Anthony, those probably all belong somewhere in the same vicinity, even though the other two have championships. Carmelo is not LeBron, but who is? And I think Melo has accounted for himself well. And I think there are a lot of teams who, if given the chance to have Carbello Anthony start all over again and play for them through his prime, would go, yep, yep, we're doing that. In fact, I don't yeah. know many or any who wouldn't.
0: I agree. And and he also touched on that, um, the fact that, you know, all of his accomplishments, but not having a ring and that he had kind of made peace with that, that ultimately at the end of the day, that wasn't a measure of his success And but now that he's in L.A., he's hungry for it again. You can tell in in how he talks about it, you know, looking at it as a as a possibility. He wants it. And so that is interesting. You know, that's that's one of those things that's a little bit controversial. You know, can you call somebody one of the greatest to have played the games if they've never won a ring. And I personally fall on the side of heck yes, you can because that one person does not win a championship. It takes an entire team. You can have a fantastic player that's never put with the right people or the right coaches or whatever around him and therefore cannot succeed to that degree that has nothing to do with that individual player's talent or skill. It has a lot more to do with, you know, who was put around them and where they ended up. And I just think that that's that I hate that name narrative. I hate the narrative that oh well he ha- he doesn't have a ring. You can say oh well he wasn't an MVP or he wasn't an All-Star or whatever. Those are things that you can use to measure success if you want, but but
1: not having a ring is not the Because
0: you know, uh, yeah, yeah, a championship is not the thing that defines, you know, it, it's not one player. It's it's an entire organization.
1: Charles Barkley is one of the greatest ever. Carl Malone, one of the greatest ever. You can make an argument that Hakeem Olajuwon might not have won a ring if Michael Jordan hadn't retired. We don't know. And sorry, Houston people, you'll hate me for that. But I mean, he was obviously one of the great, 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 greats. So yeah, I mean, the ring is nice. And I think the ring does show something, but it's not an absolute prerequisite. Some guys who are really all world and all time amazing players just happen to be playing on the other 29 teams every year. And let's face it at this point, it's 29 out of 30 aren't going to do it. So yeah, that happens. And I agree with you. I don't know if Carmelo is top 10 NBA all time. He's probably not even top 20, but does he belong in the conversation as the best of the best? Certainly in this generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And among the all time greats. Sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I'm again, I, as someone who the Lakers are my 30th favorite team in the league. Like I, I do not, I am not a Laker fan. I am a, an anti-Laker fan, but that being said, there's a teensy tiny little bitty part of me that if Portland can't do it this year, would like to see the Lakers win for Mello. Nope. Uh, Dave's nope. shaking his head already. Nope, nope
1: nope nope. He should have gone to Milwaukee. If he wanted that, he should have gone to Milwaukee. Just no. saying. No Lakers. No, no, no. no All Lakers. I'm
0: saying nope. is nope. there's a I it's a very tiny part, nope. Dave. It's nope. a very nope. tiny nope. part. <laughs> well we need
1: to do surgery then because we gotta get that part out of you.
0: <laughs> it's 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 mellow and I, I just I wanna see the guy win. I will I my goal this season living here in LA is to make it to a Laker game so that I can watch Melo play.
1: Okay. Uh, That's allowable because, you know, you can pretend you're there for the opposition, but there's I'll no wear
0: way- my, I'll wear my Melo Blazers jersey.
1: There you go. And no way anybody roots for the Lakers to win a title. Just not, not going to happen. Not, okay. Not even, like I said, he could have gone to Milwaukee. He could have gone to Brooklyn.
0: I'm not rooting for the Lakers. I'm rooting for Melo
1: no no sorry i mean you can convince me that of 28 other teams that would work the lakers yeah you ah okay <sighs>
0: well let's end it on a good note dave do you yeah. have one
1: <laughs> um um no <laughs> not have to <Lakers> okay
0: <laughs> well on 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 that note uh
1: it's Larry Nance fun. jr. Great. He's, he's the best rubber d- led a couple weeks ago. He was a waffle. Now he's a rubber ducky. We're going to come up with a new analogy, <laughs> a new, whatever for Larry, Larry Nance jr. Like every all,
0: positive. All, all positive, all positive. We are, we are Larry Nance jr. Fans
1: here. Absolutely.
0: Um, and, and, and looking forward to seeing what he can do with this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, 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 there's no doubt about that. And, uh, Yeah. uh, He is the player that I am most excited to see play with Portland, because I think that he and Nurkic will be fun together if they get to play together. And I'm just excited to see what he does for the IQ and the defense of this team. So there we go. There's a positive note. We already said that, but we were scrapping for some way to end this that's super positive. With that, (laughs) for Cigar Smoking, D.M. Miller... Uh, I am uh, Lonely Dad, uh, Dave Deckard, and we will see you uh, next week.
0: A hater sees an opening down the lane. moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley She jams it. Boom, chakalapa. The crowd is on its feet for to you. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!